Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic themes. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here Dan, with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. It's been a while. All right, it's been, yeah, it's been like two or three months. We just, we both got busy on our ends, and then maybe a little bit lazy too. Um, but there's there's a whole bunch of crazy things happening, and we're coming up on the election. Uh, oh. We say that this isn't a political podcast generally it is we do end up talking about politics a lot. yeah well i mean there this election cycle particularly there seems to be a lot of relevant stuff for catholics to think about yeah i i would i don't think it's ever been i i don't think you could make the case that it would have been sinful for a catholic not to vote in the past but i i think you can make that case this time. yeah yeah um, we are so close to certain things happening, and I I think a lot of people realize how important this is, but I think there's, even the people who really think it's real important, I don't think they realize... Um, how hopeful it might be? I think it's, think it's more important than most people even realize, because um, there, if he's elected... It looks like some huge changes might happen in the United States. And if that happens, I think these changes are going to kind of stream out to the rest of the world. I think other countries will follow us if we can actually stop abortion. Yeah, that's. I mean, they, they do with a lot of other things, you know. For example, women voting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the kind of end to racism. That's really started here in America. Um, but anyway, so if, you, if, if you're if you a subscriber, you're going to get this one long uh, podcast showing up. And then a day or two later, you'll see a whole bunch of small podcasts, like 5, 10, 15 minute ones. And what we're doing is we're going to go over the, the Biden versus Trump reasons to vote. And then I'm going to split that up into different subjects. Uh, each one, you know, just a small conversation about that yeah, subject deeper treatment. as a separate podcast. So there's going to be a whole bunch of podcasts coming up. But uh, if you listen to the long one, you're listening to the whole thing. So are we going to talk about um, the debate at all? Or are we just going to skip that? You know what? I don't know how much there is to say. I think I think Biden fooled us. I think he pretended to be a lot worse than he was thinking maybe Trump would be underprepared or that everyone else would have set the bar so low that they thought, well, he doesn't have dementia the way we thought he Therefore, did. Therefore, let's so elect him. <laughs> everything's okay. Yeah, but I, I he's really still think blathered. he did that. He, he yeah, still he was did. spewing. I mean, it, he's, it, it was still, if you're listening to him and you know anything, you're wondering what universe he lives in. Yeah. He did do that, but I, I sincerely thought he would be so lost that he would suddenly, you know, wonder where he is. Yeah, but here's, but, I mean, here's the thing. The media's not reporting that. Yeah, no, that's they're not. And But there is one thing that the media is reporting that is um, typically false for the media. Okay, we've come to expect it from the media these days. Um, it's on a par with the fine people hoax, and yet it seems to be... Uh, near the top of every media report on the debate. 
I didn't watch the debate, by the way, but I went back and watched the particular segment in order to, yeah. um, in order to, you know, figure out okay, what what really went on here. So what the media is reporting is that Trump refused to denounce. Uh, in most cases, the media reports refused to denounce white supremacists. The New York Times went so far as to report that the uh, that uh, Trump refused to denounce white supremacy. I don't know how they got yeah. that. Well, here's I watched. So he said, "Of course, I denounce." Now, well, he so here's first of all, here's the thing that it, it, this is one of those things where the news media is doing its typical false reporting uh, that we've all come to expect, and. 70% of Americans, even those who watched the debate, are doing their false rearranging of their memories in order to uh, comport with what the media is reporting, uh, which we've, you know, begun to come, you know, to come to expect from Americans, except that fewer and fewer Americans are willing to do that. And, and that's what's starting to give us a little bit of hope. But yeah. First of all, Trump was never asked to denounce white supremacy or white supremacists. What he was actually asked to do was to call out um, and uh, denounce or criticize the violence. See, the, the context was the lead in was, hey, you've talked a lot about the violence in these cities being perpetrated by Antifa and, and other leftist groups. Are you willing to, to call out the same thing and denounce the violence of white supremacists? I'm, I'm not reading a transcript, but this was basically the question that was yeah. being asked. Um, and, and white denounce the violence groups. being done by the white supremacists and, and tell them that there's no, you know, they shouldn't be responding with violence. And Trump was genuinely confused. He's like, well, sure, I would be willing to do that. And of course, the subtext of that is I would be willing to do that if there were white supremacy groups out there committing violence. But, and this is the part right. he said explicitly, as far as I can tell, all the violence is by leftist terrorist organizations, which is exactly yeah. the correct, exactly the on spot, uh, and exactly the truthful answer to the question. You know, aside from that, okay, Danny, let's say I say to you, I think you should denounce the white supremacist groups. And I remember there was a spot where he said, well, who? Yes. And what group did they call because out? Because I don't know of any white supremacists. I get, you can still pull out the old KKK. Did you call out neo-Nazis? the hell is that? KKK? That yeah, what, I mean, what, what do you so, so who did they call out? Do you remember? None. He didn't say any specific groups. He did. He just said Biden did. white supremacist Wallace did. groups. Biden did. Who did he talk Proud about? Proud Boys. Proud Boys is not a white supremacy. Exactly. Group. So, the, so I, I, I mean, I've, I've never, you know, watched or heard or, or paid attention to Crowd Boys. So I went, I thought, well, okay, let's see if they're a white supremacy group. Let's go to the horse's mouth and look on their page and see what they claim to be, you know, what they stand for. They have black people. They have Spanish people. They have all kinds of I understand of it's run by Proud a Cuban Boys. guy. Uh, or, or maybe founded by a Cuban guy their... or something like that. They, they have some leader who's a Cuban guy, I think. I don't know who's leader now, but you can get a good... If you want to know who they are, uh, you can find a, a podcast by... Ah, what's the name of that? Red-Pilled America. Oh, yeah. Did an interview Pat with Patrick uh, Coriolci. It was a pretty good interview. 
Yeah, it's a good story. And so I went to their website. Uh, they're explicitly uh, not. They're not only not explicitly white supremacists. They're explicitly not white supremacists. <laughs> right. So I so did not this, know this that is, Proud Boys so was then, called out. So, so Trump says who, and Biden calls out a group that's not even a white supremacist group. And Trump's uh, and yeah. and what has this group been doing? They've been they've been showing up and 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 merely uh, you know people. giving witness to uh, love for America and stuff like that. Uh, there have been a few people who have called out and said, "Hey, you know what? They they made sure that I was surrounded and felt safe." Uh, women, black women, even you know after this event and that yeah. event and stuff like that. So they've been they've been doing that. And okay, if you go to the website. You know, it's got crude language and stuff. They're they're, they're not they're yeah. not your uh, your gentle church going uh, Christian types, um, but far right. from white supremacists. So so Trump gets to the point where he says, "Okay, who do you want me to condemn?" And Biden gives him a group that's not even a white supremacist. And what's Trump going to do? I mean, Trump has just been handed the question. All right, we want you to answer yes or no. Have you stopped beating your wife yet? Yeah. It's one of those kinds of that, questions. And so what? Like, and Trump did it, handled it as, as appropriately as he could. Is that, Proud Boys, you know, stand back and stand ready, or whatever it is he said. Hey, you know. I, it, so it it was such a, a the debate was very frustrating. A stupid moment, and for that to be the thing that all the news reporters seized on, Trump refuses to denounce white supremacy. It just shows, yeah. uh, you know, more than ever. Uh, or, you know, more of the same of how just uh, blatantly committed to taking every path, regardless of how false, regardless of how much personal and uh, professional integrity they have to give up in order to do so, how committed the news organizations are to making sure Donald Trump does not win this election. And that's what it yeah. is about. And that's what it showed. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I had to rant on that for I'm a gonna... bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to label that uh, debate the uh, Trump Wallace debate of uh, 2020. Yeah, James James Wood. Basically, what it was, it was um, Trump versus Wallace, not maybe Trump versus Wallace and Biden. I mean, that's what the debate was. <laughs> well, I, I like because Wallace kept debating. I like him. the way James Woods characterized it. He said President Trump crushed his opponent Chris Wallace head to head in the debate. There was also another fellow wandering around yeah. muttering to himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh let's talk about specific uh reasons a person might not vote for Trump. All right. So we've we I think we've I dispensed think... with the oh, Trump is a racist Nazi thing. Or have right, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and by the way, he never, he never said that neo Nazis were good people or KKK yeah. members. That's he was talking about a uh, a protest. People were protesting the taking down of a particular Civil War statue. Yeah, the, statues. Yeah. And on both uh, sides of like Robert both e. sides of that argument over the statue, there were fine people. Right. Uh, that's, and when he said that, he specifically oh, said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis. Yeah, they should be condemned, absolutely. He, he said that. He said those words mm -hmm. right away. He didn't even have to come out the next day and say that. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, I think the racism... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say about the racism. If you think he's a racist now, I, 
you're purposely not seeing. Yeah, I mean, truth. it's like yeah. There's a point at which you, we have to rely on you to not be purposely. Well, okay, I don't want to offend our listeners. Hopefully, yeah. our listeners aren't the kind of people who really think Trump is a racist. But we got to rely on you to not be purposely idiotic. Okay. It, yeah. Open your eyes and and, and uh, look with real eyes. Now, here's the thing: there is a uh, a contingent of people out there who, you know, for whom the word racism means you don't support the kinds of programs that would enforce a equality of socioeconomic outcome for all races of people. That that right. I mean, for some people, that's what the word racist is: that that you don't believe in heavy-handed government enforcement of socioeconomic outcome equality. All right. That's a different debate. uh, If you really think that, you probably should not vote, even if you're Catholic. Yeah, definitely. But let's talk about probably the number one reason someone would not vote, uh, and that's just laziness. Okay, yeah. Because it's a thing. you got to... You got to go there, and you have to stand in line. And this is going to be terrible this year. They're oh, going to have gonna each so person six long feet apart. Lines. The masks. Yeah, it's such. It's going to be. They're going to make it so difficult to uh, vote. And a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh man, I'm not. You know, that one hour of my life is not worth it." Um, Let alone the four hours. And, you, you know that some lines turn into. Yeah. Yeah, it could be terrible. It really could. Take the day off. But you still got to talk it. to your boss. Get the day yeah. off, and 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 yeah, take definitely. take some some material to read. You know, take a backpack. Take you know water bottles, some books yeah. to read, some snacks. Hand it take, out. Say, hey, take, guys. take take a uh, take a camping chair and sit in line and move with. Just yeah. move it with you if you get tired. Yeah, I mean, you know, just do whatever or you need to do bag. to make it work. Be there What's the that first? Be the first to vote. Take a sleeping bag. That's right. Before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I would, uh, I'm going to, okay, one of my favorite Shakespeare speeches is the St. Crispin's Day speech uh, in King Henry V. Um, and I am going to play it because I don't dare read Shakespeare. People would stop listening right away. Um, or stop watching it's a, Shakespeare. It's a couple minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a couple minutes long, uh, and I'll, I might even cut parts of it that are not uh, uh, part of the discussion. But it, it's worth listening to, and I think it's relevant here. And um, I'm going to go ahead and set it up now. What's he that wishes so? My cousin Westmoreland? No, my fair cousin. If we are marked to die, we are enough to do our country loss. And if to live, the fewer men, the greater share of honor. God's will, I pray thee, wish not one man more. Rather proclaim it, Westmoreland, through my host, that he which hath no stomach to this feast, let him depart. His passport shall be drawn and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when this day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. 
He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is St. Crispian. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot, but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so base, and gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here. And hold their manhoods cheap while any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day! So, the reason I point this out is because I don't care. We've said it over and over again. All of these fights between the right and the left, they always boil down to abortion. This, right now, this is a fight against abortion. Yeah. And number one, okay, we, I don't do a whole lot for the pro-life side. And I imagine all of you out there don't either, because not a lot of people do. But you could devote one hour every four years to the pro-life movement. And that's the very least you can do. And someday, this fight's going to be over. Um, I, I I don't know if this generation is going to win the fight but eventually we'll win the fight or the whole world will win mm-hmm. but i think the fight's going to end i think we're going to win and once we've won and we talk about abortion the same way we talk about slavery, slavery right. we do mm-hmm. now yep slavery or, or the holocaust aren't you going to be embarrassed to say that you couldn't even devote that one hour to vote for the right guy yeah as a matter of fact you're gonna whenever Someone talks about like the uh, e- equality, the civil rights marches during the '60s. People wear that as kind of a badge of honor, mm-hmm. and those a lot of times people who didn't take part in those marches lie about it because it's an embarrassment not that, to yeah, have marched. Yeah, that they didn't do anything at all, and they're jealous of people who did march. And you're going to be jealous of not being part of the group that ended abortion in america yeah i mean if if you can't even set one day aside to at least just go make sure that you're casting your vote the right way it is so serious and it's going to affect so many lives don't be one of those people who embarrassedly say yeah i I didn't vote i had things to do i had to work or i had to you know go to school or whatever i don't care what it is take the day off the only excuse you have is the kids that you got to watch your kids or something. Take them with you. Yeah. Make them stand in line. Make them witness history. I don't care what it is. You've got to get there that day and vote. Um, now, many, many venues, think, you can vote early. Like, for example, in my county, they have multiple early voting days. The poll, it's, it's the actual polls. I'm not talking about mail-in or anything like that. And you're not bound to the specific precinct you live in. 
Now, not not all counties are like that. Um, and so there's a lot that, that in order to vote, you really do have to go out on that day. Uh, but look it up in your county. Find, you know, if, if you need to pick a different day, go early, whatever, find out I don't what know. the situation is if you I, need to make it convenient. But at least get out there. I don't trust them. You don't trust I, what? I, I don't trust any of the... I don't trust the... the uh, Absentee ballots? No, these aren't absentee. I'm not I talking about absentee or mail-in or anything. I'm talking about I know. physically going to I the polls and voting. I don't they just trust have those multiple either. Days. I mean, it's the same as any other voting. Because it's the same as on, the regular voting day. No, it's not. No, it's not. On voting day, there's a bunch of people out there making sure that everything is handled legally. But nobody's there for three weeks before voting day to make sure that it's happening. Well, they don't do it for three correctly. weeks. It might be like five days. And yeah, there's a lot okay. of people there. They, yeah, there? I mean, it's, it's you know, you first of all, you've got all the poll workers, some, you know, from each party and stuff like that, although they're not there in a party capacity. Uh, and, and then you've got people staying, you know, there's lines all the time. Okay. It's, uh, you know, some, some I, counties do it. I'm telling you this. The best way to keep the fraud at a minimum, which we already know there's going to be a lot of fraud, but the best way to keep it at a minimum is to get on there on the day we vote and vote. I think that's the the most sure way of having your vote counted. Yeah, I agree. Um, so if you can do it, do it. Um, and if you can't do it, find a way. Yeah. And I'll add one more thing. I, you know, I gave you a packing list. I'll add one more thing. Take a rosary. Definitely take a rosary because we could use the prayers. You know, there's another argument that I personally used this argument for years and that my vote doesn't really count for all that much. Um, now, a lot of people use that in the sense that it's one vote out of millions. I I never really tried to use that. I, I think that's a total cop out. But even if your vote is one vote out yeah. of millions... Hey, if you're Catholic, you've got an obligation. I don't care if it's one in a million or one in one. It, you, your vote does count because every single vote is count. Um, now, for years, I I was the of the opinion that it doesn't really matter who we vote for because the same uh, agendas keep go- moving forward. Whether we've got George W. Bush in or George yeah. H. W. Bush or Clinton or Obama. The same agendas keep moving forward, and when I said our vote doesn't count, that's really what I was talking about. But I, yeah, this is kind of a historic moment because for the first time, we've got a guy who's actually doing what he said he was going to do. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, even four years ago, it was a big question mark. It was a maybe factor. Hey, this guy's as an outsider. You know, once he gets in, he's just going to cave to the pressure. He's going to he's either going to do what the party demands or he's going to start doing whatever he needs to do. He'll become a politician and, and he'll start following one party line or the other. Maybe he'll turn liberal. I mean, nobody yeah. knew, but now we've got a we track record and yeah, that, and what we need as a country is four more years yeah. of this track record. Uh, and actually yeah, we could we use could 40 use more years of this track years, record, but, but we, you know, I don't know <laughs> if anyone can pull off really turning the country around inside of the next four years, it would be Trump. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, back when, when, uh, McCain was running against Obama, I didn't, I didn't vote then. I didn't trust McCain any more than I trusted Obama, but this time, yeah, it, 
this is different. Your vote does count because him being in office does actually change what's going to happen. And it already has, and it needs to happen more. Right. We now, need, you could, we need you could argue that he really has not advanced certain agendas like abortion, and there's the, this problem with the COVID shutdown and things like that. And we'll get into each one of those uh, as we move along. But you you cannot argue that you're that that he is just like every other politician. This is the one time where I would say yeah. you're completely wrong. On 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 this election, at this cusp, it really matters going forward significantly whether Trump wins or yeah. doesn't win. Now, I would say that whoever he's running against, that almost doesn't matter. It it didn't matter whether it was Biden or or an, another Hillary or or right. uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. All, all of that kind of didn't yeah. matter. the 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 whole Democratic nomination process didn't matter as much as whether or not yeah. Trump wins. And, and and we know for a fact that they cheated anyway. We know that that. Uh... Biden was not elected. He was selected. I mean, Bernie Sanders was winning, and then suddenly Biden's winning. Yeah, that, that Bernie kind of got sh- the shaft. I mean, I don't like Bernie Sanders, uh, but he kind of got shafted, yeah. didn't he? I, I think what happened was that Biden agreed to the Bernie Sanders agenda in exchange for his votes, and oh, Bernie okay. backed down. And, and it, the thing is, if you're if you're a Bernie Sanders fan, it's not like... It's not like they beat him down. He backed down. He didn't fight. He could have fought yeah. that, and he didn't. Okay, um, so the number one reason for electing Trump is abortion. And we've said that a bunch of times, and we all know it. And now we're at a really unique point because uh, the there's an opening on the Supreme Court, and Trump has already elected or selected his... Uh, nominee Not, so right. replacement what what was her name amy a- amy yeah. amy barrett um i don't i don't know if she's going to do the right thing or not because we're we're seeing right and left that yeah I, that one of the things that we have learned is that when it comes to the supreme court you you never know ahead of time any justice you put on there i mean they could look like such they could look like a it could look like Kavanaugh. Uh, just a absolute Diamond gem of a textualist, and and end up, you know, going. Amy's cuckoo. got some bad um, some judgments that that I would disagree with concerning, uh, mm-hmm. for example, concerning the COVID shutdown and and the way churches are not being respected as places of worship. Um, right, but it's the best we can do right now, and the more pro life judges we have in place. The better this is going to go, because he's probably he's probably going to replace one more um, right, in the next right. four years if we oh, get him in there. Quite possibly. I mean, in four years, yeah, one more, possibly. So, um, let's say Amy gets in, and then they have to vote on the abortion question. I, we might not win, but two more no, judges. Probably I think not. Maybe That's, we would. You know. Yeah. Um, now. For people like us who are hardcore uh, uh, single-issue voters, the question of abortion might make someone not like Trump because he calls himself a pro-life judge or a pro-life president, 
And when he did this, and I've got it, I remember the tweet, he mentioned the exceptions. Um, the the rape and incest and uh, women's life in danger issue. Yeah. On the one hand, I would say that was political, but I, I don't think Trump is... I don't think it's political in the sense that I need to say this so that certain people don't not vote for me. I don't think that's why he did it. Um, look, if you're if you're stuck on voting for him because of that, um, you need to think in terms of practicality and what those exceptions would mean if they were actually part of the law. Um, for example, yeah. the what woman's being in danger, the life endangerment issue. That's almost irrelevant nowadays. But it's if a doctor has to go to court to prove that the woman's life was in danger, if that's the procedure, then it's not going to be used. Doctors do not want to spend all their time in court, unless you've got a doctor who specifically only does abortions. But um, even then, they would spend so much time in court defending their actions that I, I don't I don't think that would be used. If they have to prove that the woman's life is in danger, I I don't see it being an issue. I would let it be on the on the law. I wouldn't care if it's on the law as long as the doctor has to prove it. And if it has teeth. In other words, make it a uh a defense claim like self-defense, right. you know, like for example, if if I kill a guy in self-defense, um that has to be a defense claim on my part. Hey, a homicide happened at your hand. By default, you're liable for that and you're liable for prosecution. Right. You have to assert the defense of self-defense in order for either the DA or any point along the line of the, the justice system to say, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and, and terminate the prosecution at this point and not not right. prosecute you. Make it that kind if, of a thing. If that's how it's set up in the law, then um, doctors don't want to go through that. They just want to practice, most of them, not the abortion doctors. They're not real yeah, doctors most, anyway. Right. Yeah. A lot of abortion doctors yeah. aren't even doctors. So, yeah. And and you know what? Here, here's the, if, if, As a Catholic, I mean, you know, who do you look for? If, if you're a Catholic, a real Catholic, uh, by which I mean a staunchly pro-life Catholic who's aware of the issues and the movements and, and the organizations and the people who are involved. I mean, who are the kind of people that you look to um, in terms of, okay, yeah, he's a guy who's really out there, who's who's saying what needs to be said. Uh, you know, you're looking at, at uh, people like Father Paul Marks of Human Life International, Father Frank, uh, Frank Pavone for Priest for Life. Father Frank Pavone is absolutely behind Trump and supports. And he says, we must have Donald Trump for the next four years. So don't just take it from us. I mean, the guys who are really at in the vanguard of this fight are saying Uh, this. Taylor Marshall. He's on the the Catholics for Trump. Actually, he's on the the uh, 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 Catholics for Trump um, board, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, the other exception often cited is rape and incest. Uh, obviously, I don't think a woman should be allowed to have an abortion just because she's raped or just because it's incest. And also, we should point out yeah. that the incest 
we're talking about here actually is rape. You know, it. Yeah, I mean, it, you're just talking about right. rape in both cases. That um, now, if if that's an exception, let's say we pass a law. The only time you can get an abortion is if the woman's life is in danger, which means the doctor's going to have to show, uh, hey, yes, this woman's life really was in danger. Yeah, positive medical reasons. We can talk. Right. I'm going to bring that up again in a second. but uh, Or that this woman was raped either by a date or in a back alley somewhere or by her uncle, and so she wanted to have an abortion. Um Think of what that think of what that means in terms of practicality. A woman who is pregnant by her uncle or father has to go to the abortion mill and say, "I want an abortion," or the hospital, or however it's set up. Well, that's that's the other thing I was going to say. If we got it down to that point, yeah, um, there would not be abortion right. mills and there would not be abortion rooms in hospitals. It would be a right. surgery. In an OR. Yeah. So she goes to the doctor and says, I was raped by my father. Now, what does that mean to the doctor? Oh, my gosh. This guy's raping He's his daughter. He's got to report it. That's got to be reported. Yeah. Or this uncle or some yeah. guy in a back alley. We need to find this guy. He's a rapist. Yeah. Right now, the law doesn't require them any you know reporting or anything like that. You know, Right now, it's like, oh, okay, come on up. We'll take care of it. Boom. You're done. So even if yeah. we say that a bunch of abortions are because of rape or incest, which they're not, but let's say those stats were true, well, yeah, that's... and there are a bunch mm-hmm. of them, well, somebody's getting away with all this stuff, and it's got to be handled. It's got to be taken care yeah. of. Yeah. So in terms of actually using that as an excuse to have an abortion, it's just not going to happen. Because right. Uncle Rick is not going to send his niece to... The doctor have an abortion because now suddenly it's become a thing where uh, she has to tell him. She has to explain why now. And that means he's going to jail. So it's not going to be used to have more abortions. That's why I say I'm I'm all for having those exceptions on the law books. I don't think they should... I don't think abortion should happen. Now, ontologically, yeah, you know, yeah, we agree that ontologically it... It doesn't justify the abortion. But let it be on there. But pragmatically, it it almost doesn't matter. So, oh, uh, back to the medical issue. Um, There are certain cases. Well, let's let's say a tubal pregnancy. Uh, A woman with a tubal pregnancy is going to die if the, uh, what is it at that stage? It's not a zygote. The the embryonic yeah the embryo okay. that that implanted in her fallopian tube yeah, is it removed. has to be removed the implantation it, is otherwise removed. the woman dies right. that's not really an abortion yeah you're not trying to kill the baby you're trying to remove the embryo it does result in the baby's death right but that's not the purpose of the surgery yeah. and in that case it is uh, morally acceptable to do that if if a woman is actually going to die if she doesn't have an abortion then it's not really an abortion you're taking the the fetus it's, out right. of the uterus it's because of a condition that's that yeah that, that uh, you know something went wrong yeah and 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 the uh condition is being removed now if we ever develop technology that would allow the you know because you know for for an ectopic pregnancy it, it 
it has to, in order to even be discovered, it has to proceed along to a certain point. But if we were able to ever develop technology that allowed an embryo in that case to be moved out of where it's implanted in the fallopian tube and to somehow induce a implantation where it belongs in the woman's womb, yeah. then in those cases, uh, we would be required by Catholic moral uh, teachings and uh, principles to pursue that. Right. But we don't have that now. Right, right now, all we can do is remove the uh, embryo, and of course the embryo dies, which is not the purpose of it. So right. in, in a case where a woman's life really is going to end if she doesn't remove the fetus or embryo, then it's not against Catholic uh, moral teaching to do that. But it doesn't really happen now because uh, not, not, not other than the case we just talked about because uh, we are, we're good and enough to... I, our, honestly, in all, all the, the, in all the cases where that does happen, it can't be done in an abortion mill anyway. It has to be done in a surgical right. operating room. So, I mean, again, we're talking about surgery yeah. here. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, one of the big ones. And, and this is why someone like us would kind of uh, decide, no, I'm not going to vote for him. And I, actually, there's two issues. Okay. His handling of the COVID-19 uh, virus and the riots. Uh, and they kind of run into each other. But I guess we'll talk about COVID-19 <laughs> yeah. first. Um. I, I mean, I, I've criticized on here his handling of it, although yeah. I, I don't know. I guess let's start at the beginning back in January when he was he was tweeting about it back then, and he was he had that normal Trump positive tone where he said, "Okay, this is happening mm-hmm. in China. We're doing this and this to make sure this doesn't happen." And she is doing a great job over there, but we're going to make sure to protect Americans. And then... Yeah, he, he stopped the travel yeah, from China. that's the first thing he did. No more travel for China. They're doing great. We're doing great. We're going to make sure it doesn't come here. And that's what he said. That's what he did. Uh, when he did that, uh, every yep. other politician poo-pooed him and said... Criticized. Yeah, they, they, yep. they were all talking... I think... Including yeah. Biden, by the way. They wanted people to go out and hug Chinamen for some reason. It was it was kind of bizarre. It was weird. That's gross. <laughs> um, That's gross. <laughs> it, it was I, Pelosi was saying go go party at the at the New Year's thing on Chinatown or whatever, and and someone else had said something like find a Chinaman and and hug him today, something like that. It was weird. The He's got advisors, and they're telling him one thing, and he knows what he's seeing. And he's seeing the same thing we're all seeing. He's seeing that in other parts of the world, there's a strange virus, seems to be killing more old people than young people, and it seems to be spreading pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. And it's hospitalizing a lot of older people. That's what he's being told. That's what he's seeing. Now, they're telling him, shut the nation down. What you got to understand is that he never actually shut the nation down. No, exactly. And and I mean he as as a matter of law doesn't have the power right. to do that. So 
what he did is talk to all the governors, and he seemed to be for the notion of shutting down the states for, I, I think originally we said two weeks. The, it had a very specific purpose. The hospitals are about to get overrun, and we need to stop that from happening because the hospitals are not prepared for that many people, all needing respirators. Right. That's what we were told. And in the meantime, he moved mountains to get the hospitals the equipment that they would need to handle the right. theoretical onslaught of you know respirators. So and many people like that. forget that point. Or don't see it because it was actually hidden from them by the media or by the governors. Yeah, it's not like Trump was out there, you know, uh, I mean, you know, he throws his tweets out every once in a while and stuff. But it's not like he's out there calling a news crew every time he does something to accomplish something for the common good. He's too busy working for that to bother calling news people. Yeah, I, I mean, but the... He stepped up the manufacturing of things like respirators and masks. Uh, and he was, mm -hmm. not just him, but the American people were betrayed by a lot of uh, American companies like 3M. Uh, he had a contract with 3M. He was, they were supposed to, I think they were supposed to deliver a bunch of masks. And suddenly they didn't deliver them. And he said, where the hell are our masks? And then he found out they had sent them to China. I think that's what happened. Oh, man, that's a big one. China bought, uh, they went around the world buying up all the masks. And now all the masks that everybody's buying to wear now are coming from yeah. China. So, and it makes you scratch your head. Places like New York, uh, he sent Navy ships to places and created giant military medical complexes to handle whatever people needed. And they were... Like COVID yeah, mass units, they or were something. unused. They didn't get used. Yeah, they. I mean, they, it's like I don't know billions, or well, not billions, you know, but millions of dollars spent creating these uh, um, centers, like 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 taking, uh, I don't know, you know, like like venues, like concert yeah. venues or sports venues, and turning them into these big well, centers, the, and then the Duke Convention Center here going in unused. That was set up to be oh, yeah? a medical center. It was never used. None of it ever. Yeah, that's how, that same same story in multiple cities across the United States. The, the whole and then you've got the news reporting as though it's dire numbers. You know things like, you know, ICU at this hospital running it at eighty seven percent or something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, capacity. Not bothering to report that normal. Um, the, the norm yeah. for these ICUs is more like around 96%. They try to keep them almost like at 100%. <laughs> That's how they design the hospitals so that there's always yeah. that they're always full. That's that's how the hospitals make money. That's why if you go into the ER, you might be in one of those little, you know, curtain-drawn rooms in the ER be like for 18 yeah. hours before you can actually get into yeah. a room. That's they're set up that way. That's how they make money. And so if they're filled to capacity, that's good. But guess what? Yeah. Thousands of hospitals that. were well, well below capacity because they stopped seeing people. And a lot of people died instead of going to the hospital. 
I don't. We don't have numbers. Yeah, right, about out this, of fear. But, oh, I don't want to go to the hospital. That's yeah. where all the COVID patients are. Um, anyway, that'll get me off on another tangent because the whole thing bothered me so much. Because from the start, I thought okay, but we're talking about Trump's handling. Yeah, I thought the way to handle it would be to not shut down for two weeks, to go ahead and open up for two weeks, and work harder ramp up american manufacturing of the stuff we need to handle that's what i thought we should have done that that's what we should have done i mean why not you know there's how many like how many craft beer bottling places are there throughout the united states why couldn't we have said hey guys we will make federal funds available to you to manufacture bottle and send out Hand well, they did. A lot of them did. I mean, what yeah. craft beer places? Actually, a lot of you know what? Come to think of it, yeah, I, hand sanitizer. Okay, well, in that case, that's that that uh, yeah goes <laughs> further to my point. <laughs> but that should—that's the kind yeah. of thing that we as Americans should expect to do. We roll up our sleeves, right. we get it done, and we should have had that outlook through the entire yeah. thing. But instead, Trump kind of agreed to okay let's shut down for a couple weeks to flatten the curve remember that mm-hmm. flatten the curve yep i remember flatten the curve for two so weeks. so we flatten the curve which turned into yeah it ends months. up there was no curve all summer doggone we pretty much long. had a flat line there was no curve yeah they keep playing with the numbers people laid off businesses gone under every day small businesses i hear about the number of cases going up. I hear about the number of deaths going up. But honestly, how many people do you personally know who had trouble with COVID-19? I know more people who died because of the laws and the restrictions concerning COVID-19 than who died from COVID-19. Yeah. I know I know. there's I two people just in our extended family who died because of the COVID-19 restrictions. Yeah, not because of COVID nineteen, but because of the reaction yeah. to it, the the insane reaction to it. The laws that Mike Dewine uh, made—they weren't even laws; they were they were orders. I was going to say let's let's even let's even be careful and, and let's just call it what it is when it comes to these governors. They're not laws; they're 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 like executive uh, orders for the state. Presumptions. They're exec. They're governor executive orders, and they're presumptions of power. Which, if they were challenged constitutionally, and and we could get a few of these all the way to the Supreme Court, um, I, I think we'd find that a lot of them are being, you know, would would end up being. Oh no, you weren't allowed to do that. But the thing is, by the time that happens, it's all going to yeah, be passed anyway. But but the the things these governors are doing. I mean, the the emergency powers these governors have. Uh, are in place to allow the governors to do things like coordinate personnel and that kind of stuff in order to handle emergencies. They're not meant to to give them legislative right. powers over what Americans are allowed to do uh, and and what the citizens of their states are allowed to do and not do. That it's not that kind of power. And every governor who's out there presuming to do that is probably violating the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of his state. Every single time the murderer Mike DeWine was challenged in court, he lost. Every single time. And he still Mm -hmm. keeps his thumb down on our state and keeps twisting and twisting. People should ignore him. I wish I ignore him. I wish other people would. But I couldn't ignore him and go to 
the nursing home to see my aunt, who was. Uh, yeah, because they right. wouldn't let you in. I I could. And and she died. Most probably. I mean, okay. By this time, she probably would have. Yeah, she had away. another three months, but, maybe. Yeah, but it turned but, into but, one and a half weeks. She did not have to die. And when she didn't she did. have to die alone. That was because of and the restrictions. Scared, not understanding yeah. without family why she was there. She thought she was in prison. Yeah, there's no way that she understood why nobody was coming. She to thought see her. she had been abandoned by everyone, and she and the the nursing homes. I don't know if people really understand how bad nursing homes are in America right now. They are very mm-hmm. bad. They are killing people. Uh, Vicky talked to a guy who delivers uh, medical equipment to these nursing homes, and mm-hmm. Vicky was angry because they had done some certain things, like left her in the shower, um, and this was wow. supposed to be one of the better nursing homes. And this guy who delivers medical equipment says, you don't understand. It doesn't matter. They look nice. They're private ones, public ones. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. They don't have enough people, and they won't pay their people enough to care. And people are dying right and left because of negligence. And that's a whole other subject again. But It is. But the the bottom line is... Trump could have pushed the governors he the other He could have. And after two weeks, he did start pushing. He said, hey, we got to open up again. We can't just stay shut down. Guys, we got to open this. And boy, oh my, the flat. He's going to kill people. He's going to kill two million people. Oh my gosh. The, the idiotic mm-hmm. uh, predictions that were made, they were just stupid. Yeah, nonsense. And the fact is, again, it's the governors doing it. He cannot control the governors. All the governors who opened up completely had great results. And all the governors who are still shut down four months later are having terrible results economically. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I guess he could declare martial law. He could do that. But I, I don't think this is a situation where he should. But what would, how would that, I mean, first of all, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really, I mean, the, the real powers regarding that would, would, you know, have to do more with things like insurrections yeah. and stuff like that. But how would that even work? You know, declaring martial law, um, it's okay. We're going to send in the army to make sure that Police the don't. local, the, the county, um, uh, board of of liquor licensing doesn't revoke the licenses of the bars right. that open you know it, it stuff work. like it is not even clear how it would work so uh and he's been pushing for the schools to open but, up but, he's been putting pushing for businesses to open up um what i don't get is why he didn't fire dr fauci i think i think it's a it's a trump thing trump trump will not admit to a past mistake Oh. He just won't. I. It's just this is what we're doing going yeah. forward. But yeah, it eh, I, could be. I don't know if firing Doctor Fauci would have helped at all. Anyway, would have made a difference. Yeah, it might. He not said, "Well, okay, I'm encouraging you know. people to shut down for two weeks," and that's what he did. Um, after those two weeks, what did Doctor Fauci matter? I mean, what Doctor Fauci wasn't uh, making changes in the states. The governors were doing that. And Dr. Fauci would have kept talking because he was getting a microphone and all the media was focused on him and he was loving it. Um, 
him being hired by Trump wouldn't have mattered. Here's the thing. We're thinking about it the way we think about it. There's still a group of people out there who think that COVID-19 is... A, he, he should have shut down I, more. I, yeah. I don't know what to say to those people. Look, if... Yeah, the second panic is still in play. I've always <laughs> said COVID-19 is two panics. Yeah. There's the panic over the virus. That's the first panic, which is itself a real panic and, and is much more dangerous than the virus itself. And then there's the panic over appearing to have not acted regarding the virus. And that's where the governors come in. And a lot of the governors um, succumbed to that panic. I think maybe that's what happened in the beginning. That's why why I call it a panic panic. I think a lot of these governors are just enjoying the power. I I, Look. That's scary to think Governor DeWine, look, he's a wuss. And he didn't stand up for the rights of Ohioans. Um, But... We're four months into this. We know about the virus now. He's not worried about appearing to care. He knows he personally caused the death of many people, especially old people, especially people who are at an age where they would have voted for Trump. He caused those deaths personally. But, yeah. So, yeah. And and I also know that he's going to try to stop us from voting. I, I will... I'd bet my left arm on that. What do you think he's going to like try to shut down the I, polls he or did do the primary. make it so that it's onerous by, by saying everybody has to stay six feet apart? He shut down the primaries thing? and how many, uh, did he, they hit, apparently there was a vote. I didn't know about it. Uh, and maybe it was like an absentee, but I don't know what it was, but the, something happened and a bunch of, uh, issues got voted through that shouldn't have been voted through. Oh, wow. I think he's going to try to stop us from voting. I really do. And I think a lot of well, we'll see what Democrat happens. governors are definitely going to try that. Trying, looking for the same, yeah, looking to try that. I don't know. I, we'll have to see what happens. The thing is, Trump is doing everything he can to, number one, calm the nation. Because the nation is panicked right now, and they're panicking needlessly. Number two... yeah. To try to get the economy moving again. He can only do so much. He can't force the governors to open up. Which brings us to the riots. Because the riots... what? Oh, right, 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 right. Look, these riots flare up. And the second the National Guard is called in, they die down again. There was the beginning of something here in Ohio. And I will give DeWine credit. He shut it down. It was in Columbus. I think he had the National Guard out there that day, and it was shut down. Uh, Louisville started flaring up the uh, last week, and that was shut down. Or this week. It was a couple days ago. Uh, over the, uh, ooh, what was the girls? Uh, oh, the yeah, the, the lack of yeah, indictment the, the police officers. Brianna Taylor's her name? death. Um, and yeah. he, got, he shut that down. He's still allowing way too much. But uh, Trump can only help. If he's invited to by the governors now, yeah, yeah, he can he can send in federal troops to protect specifically federal properties, but that's all. Yeah, Trump can only take yeah. action when invited to by the governors. Now, let's say let's let's talk about in Portland. He decides, all right, we've had it. I'm going to send in the military. You have to understand that then he's instructing his military 
to march against Americans, which is the last thing he wants to do. But there's another problem involved with this. And I don't, I don't know if people really understand the severity of it. He has generals refusing to do what they're told. Oh, right, right. Um, Which has never right. a good situation. So before he really decides, all right, I need to take control of the country back, it needs to be a severe enough problem to where he can get rid of the generals who are going to do this. And we know some generals are going to do it. Mm-hmm. He's got to get control yeah. of the military before he tries to use the military. I don't know if right. if people really understand how how that would play off if he told the military, okay, you need to round up these people. And then the generals in charge of that military said, no, we're not going to do it. That's that's a rebellion. And he yeah. he can't make that move until he's ready. And as long as he's got these, uh, as long as he's got the generals that are in place right now, that can't happen. I think he is moving on that, though. I think he is, I think he's preparing because I think he he knows that things are going to get a little bit more serious after the election, after he wins and they try to steal it from him. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but as far as yep. the riots go, yes, cities are burning. Trump cannot do anything about it. He doesn't have the power, not without the governors. Um, another issue is the fact that he's not Catholic. I think if you're not going to vote for him because he's not Catholic, I I don't know. They you're shutting your eyes because yeah. it's not like well, Biden's really Catholic. I mean, the guy's a monster. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think that's an issue for anyone. Uh, the border. Yeah. Um, you know what? Catholics need to be, regardless of. In fact, I, I would almost say that that this is one area where. Uh, I would say American bishops. I think it's most most of the bishops throughout the world, but especially American bishops. This is one area where American bishops are being supremely irresponsible. As Catholics, we need to support borders. We need to support the idea that borders matter and that the the rules of uh, border crossings ought to be enforced. The 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 lack of strong borders is the primary enablement for human trafficking and drug trade. Yeah. And drug trade. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk, (laughs) so many people want to say, Oh yeah, gosh, pro, you know, Trump. Okay. He's anti-abortion, but is he really pro-life? I mean, look, he, he wants strong borders. Uh, you know what? Strong borders are pro-life. Yeah. Loose borders are anti-life people. You know, I, uh, touching on that, um, because he's also called a xenophobe a lot uh, because of how he reacts to other countries and how to reacts how he reacts to those people coming to America. Um, and I would point something out, and this leaks into another subject, which is the military complex. Um, over the past, I think, I think going all the way back to Vietnam. We have started these little wars all over the world. We have American military bases all over the world, many of which are in active battle. And mm-hmm. the war, the battles, the, the wars that we're in really 
aren't in our best interest. What they are is a way to make money for contractors, for generals, for a lot of people. Um, and he's putting a stop to that, first of all. Second of all, um, yeah, I, I would just, when it comes to his pro-life stance and, and someone claiming that he's only pro-life for abortion, I would point to that little event that took place with Iran where uh, they blew up a drone. Do you remember that? It was a... No. It was a drone that was... It was like a $200 million drone. And Iran oh, uh-huh. hit it with something and blew it up. And this is just after Trump issuing a warning to Iran not to not to take any kind of military action against Americans. Um, interfere, right. So they blow up the drone and everybody in the world is holding their breath because they think Trump's going to drop the bomb on them. Launch a war. And um, he has this press conference and he said, we had this plan, this attack plan. He said, I asked the general, okay, how many people are going to die in this? And he said, 200 people are going to die in this one attack. And he said, I don't don't think so. Uh, They didn't kill any people. They just shot down one of our planes. And $200 million is not worth any human life. This was his reasoning for not attacking Iran. I don't think any other president would and have ever people, yeah. said something like that. What? Yeah, I mean, Barack Obama wouldn't have uh, wouldn't no. have reasoned that way. Bill Clinton wouldn't Certainly have reasoned not. that he, way, that's for sure. He bombed uh, aspirin factories to draw attention away from monica Lewinsky. yeah trump was unwilling to attack an a a country that we already see as our enemy because he wasn't going to get revenge on a on an attack against our equipment by taking human life you can't tell me that's not a serious pro-life uh position yeah yeah i i mean you know he's the commander-in-chief he could have ordered it and there are lots of people who would have lined up to justify it and yeah and even his base him. would have been fine with it if if he had attacked iran i would have been fine with it but i yeah. absolutely admire him even more for taking that stance now uh, that's a good point yeah that so yeah that you know those those who try to claim that oh he's he's only anti-abortion he's not really pro-life they really no, don't have a leg to stand on. He's one hundred percent pro life, and then, uh, incidentally, it's not. This wasn't a weakness. This was because the next day he he issued another warning to Iran and said something to the effect that if one human life is uh, attacked by you, if you guys uh, end one human life, one American life, I will come down on right. you like you wouldn't believe. We're gonna- and I think the next yeah. week Iran attacked this base, but they arranged it so that there were no Americans in the base. <laughs> he is serious about attacking if he has to attack, but he, he values human life. That's all there is to it. Uh, but also, you know, concerning the, the border, um, there's also the argument that he promised us a wall and we don't have a wall. Well, not for lack right. of his trying. He he has been building a wall. I mean, and yeah, we've I mean, got we've got a lot more of a wall than we right. started with. He's done a lot more than any other president has. 
Uh, yeah. He has, they've fought him every step of the way. Even what he has built has been fought. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to yep. hide the, the miles that he's put in already uh, because uh, the media knows how much people wanted that wall. And they figure if they can make the case that there is no wall, then maybe his base will uh, back off. I I think that might well, be working uh, for some people, or I'm afraid it's working for some people. Really? Well, people backing I, I think a lot of people are saying, because where's they, the wall? They feel like he failed where's on that promise? Why, when I go downtown Cincinnati, why are there 20 Mexicans down there uh, working for in these day labor jobs, taking jobs against Cincinnati. All right, people, yeah, he, okay, guys, you've got immigrants in all of your cities. Uh, It's not like these people commute every day from Mexico into Cincinnati or Chicago or wherever. If if you're thinking that that that's a failed promise, um, that, that he didn't make good, at least to the best of his effort there, just because you're seeing immigrants in your city, um, you know, come on, wake up. I would also add those, those, those were there was down. a failure on the part of the voters. Uh, we allowed the Democrats to take uh, the House. Control the House. And that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where appropriations. That slowed him down a lot. Um, yep. I, I mean, that's where we got the impeachment. Let's give him the House back yeah, for the next four give years. Give him the House back and. Heck, let's give them a supermajority. Keep the Senate. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the, if you're disappointed in the progress of the wall, I don't know what to say. He's doing everything he can, and it is getting done. You know, another yep. big thing is the spending. Um, I know Trump spends a lot. He spends a lot of money we just don't have. I mean, they're printing money right now with these. I know. That's that, and, and I've had some heartburn myself about some of his like 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 some of the stimulus stuff during the the covid right. layoffs and stuff like that um well a couple things first of all i think with the with the uh stimulus bills like he was backed into a corner here the governors are not going to let yeah. up they're hurting american people and he's doing everything in his power to help those people but he can't do everything and if this is one way to temporarily alleviate some of the pressure that people have on you know he's in this he's kind of in 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 his relationship with the governors over this whole covid lockdown thing uh and and he doesn't do stuff unilaterally i mean the money has to be approved by you know bills yeah. and, and laws and stuff like that that he can't just do it himself but here's the thing it, with the governors he's kind of like the uh, in the position of you, you take a couple and then they get divorced and then you've got the one parent and they've got kids and you've got the one parent who is always over promising and then under under delivering and the other parent who doesn't want to see the kids get hurt as a response as a as a result of the first parent's irresponsibility and selfishness and so they're always trying to make up for it yeah and that's the position yeah. he's in, and and we're the kids. That that's kind of that's what's going analogy. on here with yeah. Trump and these governors. Um, yeah, he he has Americans and America's best interests at heart here. But i i would I would point out a couple other things. 
um, that I don't think I don't think this is on the table. I don't think he's talked about it, but I see a couple things that might be happening here. Number one, he's been saying for the start that we have to quit manufacturing everything in China. We got to make yeah. it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got a lot of manufacturing jobs moved back to America. Yeah, he's been working hard. The problem hard is at that. the manufacturers come here and they're like, well, nobody will come to work. Especially now because everybody's getting paid to stay home. That's, yeah, now with the shutdowns. But right. Even before the shutdown, manufacturers were having problems getting people to work. Now, the economics plays into this because. They have to make their product cheap enough for people to afford, which means they can only pay their workers a certain amount of money. And I right. I don't even pretend to know enough about economics to say exactly how that would play out. But um, if suddenly there were a bunch of people out of work, the manufacturers would have people to work. That's true. I, as long as being out of work is, you know, a disadvantage right. to being at work. And with things like an extra $600 a week in federal COVID layoff relief, it kind of makes that a little yes, more difficult does. to, to make it happen. That's going to be running out. It's like, for example, the, the state unemployment is going to be running out for a lot of people soon. They might extend that's true. that. But that's not true. That the six hundred dollars is only available if you're eligible for your state's unemployment. And then the federal unemployment, I think, went down to four hundred, and I imagine that'll be taken away sooner or later. Oh, is it? Yeah, hopefully that'll scale down anyway. But you know, here's the other thing that this is actually the the so-called conservative Republican never Trumpers. Uh, you, you've you've brought us into the subject that is really at the heart of the never Trumper Republican crowd. And it's this, that he wants America to be a manufacturing industrial uh, country. And they are tied to the cheap labor and cheap products. That really is it. That is at the very heart of it. Not, not just the uh, financially, but uh, a lot of power brokers are tied to China. Yeah. They get their money from China. I, I heard the, who's that guy's name? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He came out oh, against yeah. Trump because he gets paid by China. His market in China is bigger yeah. than it is in America. And a lot of sports people. Yeah, I was reading uh, in uh, the... Um Oh, the, it's the, uh, I don't know if you get it, but the Hillsdale College um, uh, publication yeah, and Primus. And, okay, so so uh, Jason Whitlock, uh, sports columnist, um, was, you know, g- g- delivered a, a, a speech or something like that. And so they, they adapted his speech to, for print. And he was discussing how the... Um, you know that the NBA is practically just—I mean, Nike practically owns the NBA. The NBA is more like the marketing arm of Nike, and Nike is is t- so tied deeply with China that China runs the NBA for all intents and purposes. And that's why you've got these players who are just absolutely not going to um, 
do anything to make their Chinese overlords unhappy. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, look, the uh, Nike is anti-American. They have been for a long time. And yeah. by extension, and you know what? so is Any, the NBA. Anybody Chinese is anti-American. Here's the other thing. I don't know how many people really quite realize this. China is not just anti-American. The Chinese government really believes, you know, like, look at look at what America has done. When America goes and, and gets involved in other parts of the world that we shouldn't be involved in, Okay, yeah, there's a lot of it that's involved in business and that kind of stuff. But geopolitically, we're out there trying to get other places to work the way we work. We go to Iraq, Iran, and so on and so forth. It's like, hey, guys, set up a democracy. Run yourselves this way. No, we have no business doing that, okay, in these other places. They've got to figure it out for themselves. But we're never out to say, let's establish a permanent uh puppet government so that you'll be under American control. Let's just, let's just make you an arm of America and you take your orders from our Congress and we'll set up your laws and so on and so forth. Yeah, we, we don't never colonize. Do that. It's always at, at the, you know, we, we try to get them to do things the way we do, which again is inappropriate, but I don't know how many people realize the Chinese government has as its goal to be specifically in charge of the entire world. China wants to rule the world with one government, theirs. Not just everybody work like China and act like China and be like China. They want everybody to be China. And I don't think most people understand quite how bad it is there. It's mm-hmm. a communist regime in every yeah. sense of the word. Every person is a ward of yeah. the state. I mean, it's... That you, you can go back to all the the fifties uh, and 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 forties um, paranoia literature and propaganda films about what it you know what it means to live under Chinese rule, and the worst exaggerations of those doesn't even say doesn't even quite convey how bad it yeah. really is. I don't, I don't think I just, it's weird how people don't get that. And I think too few people yeah. realize that. I mean, I, everything you do every day in a, in a, in a under communist rule, you, you wouldn't do that. Anything that you take joy in, you wouldn't have that. Uh, you know, things are getting a little tight because of COVID. Well, I think I might start doing this for money and maybe open up a branch here and try to pull in money this way. I couldn't do that under a communist regime. I do exactly every day. Everybody out there, you know, all you liberals out there, okay, our listeners probably aren't liberals, but, you know, maybe some of you could go play our podcast for a few liberals, at least this part. All of you liberals out there who somehow have gotten the idea that Trump is uh, out to be like a dictator or something like that. Uh, when you're out writing your articles accusing Trump of being dictatorial and saying how much of a Nazi he is and how much he, you know, wants the government to be, you know, run like Nazis and so on and so forth, do you even for one second while you're writing your article 
look over your shoulder and think, oh my gosh, should I actually press send? I mean, are are, are they going to descend on me? Do I need to worry about what's going to happen to my family? You know what? In China, people do yeah. have that. Yeah, nobody writes against Xi. I mean, you get you die if you do that. You get killed. Yeah, I mean, you're the the people who are doing that are There's very underground. There's not even a trial or anything. You're just killed, I, or disappeared right. into a prison somewhere or whatever. The you know, let's go back to Russia and uh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I my thought is, what if he's okay with? This is terrible to say. I don't think it it actually happens this way. But what if he's okay with a lot of people being out of work? For the purpose of providing workers, so that we can start to manufacture again. Maybe that's a stretch. What if that's just a providential yeah. side effect of the bad decisions by all these governors? Yeah. Well, that let's let's go ahead and ac- accept that for what it is. Okay, it's bad, and the governors are responsible for the losses of livelihoods that have resulted. Uh, but if the end result is to turn America back into a um, a solid nation industrially um, then okay. you know Something okay that that's that's providence bringing good out of bad you know another thing with the spending is that I see I don't know enough about economics to really talk on this but I remember since I was a kid, everybody complaining about the Federal Reserve, about how we don't have gold backing the dollar, things like that. Um, yeah, a lot of that's, you know, like like the, um, what's his name, who who was... Uh, Condit. Who was, oh yeah, James Condit was, was big on, Jim Condit was big on that. Um, but, but no, no, I'm thinking of a, there was a politician, you know, in the last couple uh, decade or Pat so, who was like that, you know, talking a lot about that. Um, was Pat Buchanan in, I in thought that he was. camp too? Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that really is, you know, the it, that kind of misses the point. You, you know, that that's that's kind of a red herring economically. That you know the, I mean the whole, you know the whole gold backing yeah. thing and and whether it's backed and that kind of stuff. Um, I sometimes wonder, though, because Trump has for a long time talked about the the fact that China can manipulate the U.S. dollar. And he's been complaining about this for 30 years. And I sometimes wonder if he's okay with the spending because he knows that eventually... Everybody predicts with all this spending, it's going to become a problem eventually. It's going to crash something. I don't understand how that works. But I wonder if he's of the mind that it's okay that it crashes while I'm on guard because I'll rebuild it the right way. Could be, but here's the danger of that. So so for the government, in order to spend money, it has to get the money somehow. And predominantly, okay, uh, you know, a healthy government gets its money through taxes and spends what it has, Okay. Uh, but when a government is engaged in deficit spending, like, like think back towards World War II and World War One, even you know that kind of stuff, um, what does the government do? They issue what are called bonds, okay? And a bond is an instrument that says, okay, we're going to, you know, you give us fifty dollars now, and 
over the course of the next 30 years, uh, your bond instrument will increase by a certain percent each year. And if you wait long enough, 30 years, then that bond will now be worth, let's say, $100. And so you can turn it back in and take your $100. So that's how the government spends money. It, it, it has to somehow um, acquire the money as debt. Now, what's the problem? And this is where, you know, maybe you could step in, you know, a, a, a president or a, not by himself, but, you know, with the right laws could step in and keep this from happening. But what's going on is a lot of these bonds are being bought by yeah. China. And that's the danger. So what happens is as we spend more and more and more, and then eventually we have to pay back that spending plus interest. But who do we owe it to? We owe it to, to you know, other governments yeah. often. Now, that was once a concern. I mean, that, that was a concern, you know, as I heard it described to me back in the 80s. Okay. I don't know whether the structure of stuff is still that way today, whether there have been some safeguards put in place to keep that from happening or not. Um, but that that's... That's, as I understand it, the really big concern. Now, in terms of the, and that's what they call the national debt, the debt that our government treasury owes to other entities. Now, to the extent that the bonds are sold only to Americans, well, then our government simply owes us that national debt. It's not quite as big a deal then. Yeah. And and the better our economy comes, the better the government is able to pay that debt back there are rumors that trump plans to end the federal reserve that wouldn't be a bad thing i mean the federal reserve was developed um in uh gosh you know what was it the late 19th century or was it the next time around okay uh okay it was established 1913 federal reserve act um so it was before the Great Depression of the 30s, but it was in response to a couple of um, sort of broad bank failures uh, st- starting in the, the late 19th century, uh, maybe even like the 1870s and the 1890s. Um, and it was put in place in order to try to create a central reserve of money on which American banks could draw um, that itself would then by you know, through a couple of specific mechanisms, be able to regulate, not not regulate in a strict sense, but regulate in a soft sense um, to, to influence, is a better word, the value of the dollar um, in, in a way to make sure, A, that the economy, you know, was um, maintained nicely and that banks themselves didn't go under they would have rules in place about how much banks could borrow versus how much banks had uh on hand versus how much banks could lend and so on and so forth um but there is a lot of um you know one of the things is that the federal reserve itself is run by people who themselves are not elected officials which in some ways you, I, I mean, look at look at how the the politics of the com- of the country goes, with elections and the election cycles and that kind of stuff. Think if the overall economy was as volatile as politics, 
all right, you know, you probably don't want them being elected officials. Um, but there are other aspects of the Federal Reserve that, that you could look at and say, okay, you know what? Maybe it's not so good that the Federal Reserve has all of this specific influence and they get to just decide monetary policy uh, for the United States at large and that kind of stuff. Maybe it would be better if every time banks went through a round of failures, they came up with new mechanisms of transparency and so forth that they shared with each other in order to simply instill more confidence and that the banks who followed the mechanisms, people would have more confidence in and they would be more successful. And the banks who didn't, uh, you know, be gone. Uh, would, yeah, they would, they would eventually succumb to market pressure and, and either, either fail out or adopt the, the better ways of doing business. And in fact, that's, that's one of the things that every time we go through a round of depressions, problems, failures, and so forth, I've noticed that we've never, when it comes to banking and large, large economic entities, we've never quite had the, the fortitude to say, let's go ahead and give the free market a chance to see what's really going to happen. Instead, we've always come down with a new set of government regulations. Well, so far to date, those regulations have not prevented bad things from right. happening. So I'm not, you know, personally, I'm not convinced that we wouldn't be better off if we had avoided the broad federal regulations and allowed these various economic entities to figure stuff out themselves. Well, I, I mean, I... Again, I don't know enough about it, but I do hear that Trump Trump hates the Federal Reserve, uh, or at least he hates what they do, and he criticizes mm-hmm. it constantly. Um, but I guess, I guess we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, I'm just saying, as far as spending yeah. goes, uh, we have a lot bigger problems than spending, and I've been I've heard people complain about government spending since I was a kid. And everybody keeps saying that it's yeah, going to get yeah. so bad that this happens, and that never happens. So if the government just decided to spend and keep spending, which they have, and they keep spending more and more and more, which they have, wh- what kind of impact would that have on my daily life? So far, it hasn't had any. I'm- In fact, even even when they come up with these crises, okay, so they got the spending, and then... Each year, they also have to approve the budget, which decides how much money they're going to spend and how they're going to spend it. Well, what happens once in a while, they can't agree on a budget. And so the government, in theory, has yeah, to the shut federal down. federal parks shut down. And there are a lot of governments that, you know, there are a lot of federal workers, rather, that end up getting furloughed and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know what? Overall, would it be a bad thing if that sort of became permanent maybe some of these you know federal workers workers? and you know my wife worked for a long time for the uh for the va and she said you know the the stereotype of i don't care and i'm gonna sit here and do what i can to do as little work as possible during my day government worker that stereotype is not an exaggeration and it is not atypical. Yeah, I know. 
If if we had people who were actually dedicated to their jobs, we could run the every function of the government that we have today on one-fifth of the workforce that we have. Think about it this way. What if the entire government was run the way the uh, BMV... A business is run. Uh, so you, oh, everybody yeah. hates the BMV. It, it's DMV in some states. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. it, the... Yeah. Where you go to get your driver's license, um, mm-hmm. just you got to get through the day understanding that that's how the whole government's run. You know, it's right. that bad. If it were a business, it would be out of business. Um, yeah. So exactly. if we ended the BMV and did something else, would that really be such a bad thing? Okay. Uh, the only other part is uh, the only thing I came up with was health care. Um, Trump promised us an end to Obamacare and a replacement. He didn't give us the replacement. Um, but you know what he did? He got rid of the yeah, individual. We mandate, don't have to buy Obamacare, which was the single biggest thing. The, the problem with Obamacare, but we don't have a replacement yet. There's no way we're going to get a replacement as long as we've got a Democrat controlled either um, House of the he did have something. The Senate or the House. He did have something. He tried to get. I, we had the House, we had the Senate, and we had the presidency, and he had something in place. One guy messed that up. I don't know how good it was. I don't know if it was a whole lot better than Obamacare, but you know, I don't think. We, here's here's one of the. This is one of those things that, unfortunately, the whole national hive mind. Even among conservatives, except for a few examples here and there, a few exceptions here and there, rather, is not going to go where I am. I don't feel like we need a federal solution to health insurance or health care, period. I would scrap health care laws on a federal level. Let the states work it out. Every state can be its own Petri dish for experimentation, and we'll find the best solutions, and then the other states can emulate those. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add to that because I, I think I, I don't know what to say. But about you know, it. the the president, nor his advisors, nor like I said, most of the country is going to go there. So I can't expect the president or any president to go where I think it should really go in terms of health care. But he did try to come up with a solution, and yeah, uh, he tried. I, I I think he thought we had it. We all thought we had it. And this was back when, for some reason, a lot of Republicans thought Trump was going down because of this whole Russia thing. Oh, They didn't trust gosh, him. The, the Russia. And yet there's people who still actually believe that there's something there. It's amazing. Yeah. I, it's it, it's the dead parrot Democrats. They just, I mean, it's all there. It's all proven. So, But everybody knows what I'm talking about. Okay, so all of you who... who don't know what I'm talking about? Go go Google uh, for YouTube or whatever. Um, Monty Python dead parrot skit and watch it. And the Democrats are the store proprietor who's trying to convince the the dissatisfied customer that this dead parrot is really yeah, still alive. John, Cleese. okay, that's the dead parrot Democrats. Um, yeah, they. they I mean, they, they, you have something staring at us right here. Here's the proof, and they still insist that no, Trump colluded with Russia. And it, it yeah. doesn't matter what you say; they're just convinced that Trump colluded with Russia, and he know he didn't. But and the more we learn, the more we, th- yeah. I mean, the the more 
we investigate, the more we learn that it looks like almost everybody except Trump colluded with Russia. Definitely. You know what? That does bring me to another point. Uh, This whole Russiagate thing. There's a lot of people, including myself, who are sick and tired of Democrats not going to jail. Yeah, he needs that's that's an it, it, he needs to move on that. That is one thing I can't defend start, him for. Start rolling out I, indictments. I mean, yeah, I like Bill Barr, okay, but come Bill on, Barr guy, let's, let's see some indictments. Yet. Not just subpoenas, indictments. Because yeah. uh, investigating and pulling them out in front of people to answer questions, even in the public, that's not good enough. We not doing it. People need to be punished. Ne- pe- people need to go to jail. Uh, and people died over this stuff. And people lost their lives over this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Michael Flynn needs to be you avenged. Know, I, 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 General Flynn needs to be avenged. Yeah. He lost everything. I don't. Uh, I don't. I can't defend Trump on that one. I wish. I wish he would move on this, but maybe he will. No, I it's. I, and I don't know. I mean. I don't know if there's a long game that he's playing that we just don't know or if he's just afraid to move on some people or what the deal is. Uh, Rush Limbaugh brought up a point. And look, you're talking about you're talking about almost the entire Washington complex. They are all tied so tightly to China. Oh, like the implications are so yeah, broad. I, yeah, yeah. You're that's talking true. about almost the entire Congress going to jail if they were going to actually start moving and indicting. I I don't know if anyone's got that much power. You're talking about a, a, a almost a revolution. So yeah, like if if the evidence leads to you know 150 indictments. 25 in the Senate and, and 125 in the Congress, in the House of Representatives, rather. Um, what are people going to say about that when Trump all... Uh, uh, imagine those the movies yeah, about... That, I mean, how would you serve those? How would you enforce those? I mean, you'd have to have quite a contingent of loyal... You'd need the military to do that. Um, yeah, to, to round these people up and say, yeah, you're really going to go to jail and wait for your trial. Think of those... Uh, course they would all have enough money to post bond they they would all post bond and then they would all you know flee to some country yeah. without extradition well think about those the movies about these third world countries where there's a revolution where uh the military or the police break into say the where where they're holding senate hearings and arrest everyone mm-hmm. that's what it would be like if that's yeah that would be that's yeah, true i mean i i think almost the entire I, I think everyone in Congress is involved in this, and I think that's why they hate him, and that's why they fear him so much. I don't know if that could be. You know, a lot of a lot of the hatred of Trump. That's true. It really presents more a, as fear than hatred. Now, there's a lot of Americans out there. Uh, you know, you 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 liberal citizens um, who are being programmed to fear Trump, but you you are being given a reason for fear that is completely off base and is not the reason that the liberal politicians fear Trump. In fact, like, you know, bring it back to what I said before. Take your reasons that you think there is to fear Trump. And uh, does that really scan with your daily existence? I mean, do you look over your shoulder 
if, if imagine Trump for four more years, do you really think you're going to be looking over your uh, shoulder? Afraid of going to jail? No, for... that's you know over stuff you post online or whatever. No, there's not going to be any of that. And, and the thing is. That, but that's not why that's not why the liberal politicians the leftist politicians and the Republican politicians um, a lot of yeah Republicans are I bet. scared because they do fear suddenly going to jail but they would be going to jail for yeah. real reasons for yeah not not inventions and that's true I, I I don't think anyone realizes maybe how bad it is there but um, to say that okay Trump's not moving on these uh, on these politicians that need to be put in jail. Uh, we don't know if that could ever happen. Yeah, Maybe we, maybe we who criticize him for that, maybe we really still don't grasp the scope of the problem. I lost you for, all right. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just saying that, you know, maybe, maybe we who are criticizing Trump for not moving, uh, with the, you know, forward with indictments, maybe, maybe we don't quite grasp the scope yeah. of the problem. I mean, he talked about draining the swamp, and maybe that analogy is more apt than we ever Maybe ima- it's imagined. to the point that if he actually drained the swamp, we would not have a government. There would be no one left. There wouldn't be anyone there. <laughs> maybe draining the swamp would mean, um, yes, kind of rebooting. Uh, okay, well, let's, let's hold another nationwide convention and just elect right. a whole new Right, it might government. be that bad. <laughs> Okay, that's the last issue I could think of. You got any? No, I mean, in terms of the reasons that I think people don't vote for Trump, I, I, I think it really boils down to, uh, on the left, he's in the way of their specifically communist plans, and on the right, the never-Trumpers, uh, he's in, he's, he threatens uh, their uh, financial welfare from, from their uh, ties with... Um, with yeah. China economically. I it, honestly I think it boils well, there down is to one that. Thing. And you know what if if you're a freedom loving American you, you know you want Trump in office more more than you want any democrat yeah. in office. There is one thing. Like okay, um during in 2016 people like our mother said, "Yeah, I got to vote for mm-hmm. Trump because it's otherwise it's Hillary Clinton." She's not that way now, yeah. But she, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Trump. I didn't hold my, I, I gladly voted yeah. for Trump. But she held her nose because. No, I thought Trump was going to turn out to be a a a liberal. I didn't know what I. But I voted. I voted for. Him. for I was excited by him, and I thought if he does even half the stuff, then uh, he'll be the best politician we've ever had. But he ended up doing a lot more mm-hmm. than that. But the. A lot of people just yeah. don't like his attitude. His attitude. Don't like what? You know, people like oh. mom would say he's icky. He he's gruff and he's impolite and he's not quote presidential. Um, he's uh, scrappy. Yeah. You know what? Oh gosh, you know what? Which is so ironic. I I don't know if you have ever listened to. Um, you know, there's that that Broadway play uh, Hamilton. I've never watched it. Okay, so I've I've listened to it. And I can't remember the exact words, um, but um, there's like young young uh, Alexander Hamilton is, is you know the, it, it's it's a a play set mostly in rapish type mm-hmm. music, 
And there's this this song that young Alexander Hamilton does, and and the refrain of the song is talking about, you know, he says, "I'm not giving up my shot," and and he repeats the line, "I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry." That's like yeah. Trump. It, it, you know, it's like he he's you know he he's uh, he's never been a politician, and he's you know he's a scrapper, as we saw in the debate last you know last night. And he um, is, you know, he sees opportunities to do good things for people. Right. And he's he's hungry to do that. Right. Uh, America never won her victories by uh, being polite. That's that's not who we are. We yeah. we're scrappers and we we're fighters and and we're usually not polite about it. It's Trump yeah, is but, inherently yeah. American. <laughs> And he's, you know what? I, I got to say, Trump, Trump is uh, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. um, I, I was at mass. I was at mass uh, the past uh, week and the priest was given us, you know, doing a sermon. And I didn't realize this, but he brought up in the sermon. He said, I'm from Cincinnati. He said, I, you know, I always thought of Cincinnati as, you know, Midwest until I, you know, came out here to Indianapolis. And I realized that Cincinnati is actually a lot more. Uh, East Coast than Midwest in the sense that, uh, you know, here in Indiana, you you're supposed to watch what you say and be diplomatic and that kind of in Cincinnati, people just say what they think. Yeah. And, you know, he even referred to, a you know, an incident where like two priests are like going at it back and forth, really arguing. And he's kind of overhearing it, not really part of the discussion. He asked somebody else, what are they so angry about? He says, angry. Oh, they're not angry. They're just having a discussion. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have anything to compare. But to. yeah, but that's kind of how we are. We, it's the American way. We, uh, we're blunt about things. At least that's how we always were. Yeah, roll up our sleeves. Do we were to always be done tough and, and work. I don't hard know to what get happened right. in the past. Yeah. 50, 60 years to where that disappeared, but it kind of, our, our cultures have suddenly become more like Great Britain and it's a little bit embarrassing and someone like Trump yeah. is what we yeah. needed. It's like, like the, the worst, uh, uh, effeminate qualities of Europe. Yeah. Time, time to go back to being yeah. manly. That's all I got. Um, yep. That's okay. all I got too. I do say I have some current events. There's, oh, cool. You know, I don't have oh, any okay. current events. Well, there, go ahead. There's a whole bunch what? of COVID-19. Go I ahead. keep seeing these countries. So-and-so reports 500,000, and, and the numbers keep getting higher. Again, I'll just ask people, honestly, how many people do you know who have died of COVID-19? And I'll bet the answer is zero. Everybody knows someone who knows someone. I'm trying to think. You know, I... The only one single person that I know, and I don't even know him, there's somebody who had like two additional like complicating factors that my wife knew when she lived and worked in San Antonio, Texas, before yeah. we ever met, she learned that he died with COVID, but he had yeah. other complicating factors. He didn't necessarily die of COVID. That's the one and only single you know, near death, you know, close, close by. Every death time I ask someone, of. they give me a story like that. My wife knows this guy 
my sister-in-law knows this guy. It's always someone they don't know. It's almost like yeah. a, a urban legend. And the numbers keep going up, and yet I don't see anybody disappearing. All the same people are at work every day. This mm-hmm. this is a fake pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it, okay, and we're not saying that the disease isn't real, but the severity you know, of it, it has it, been it, faked. The the yeah the pandemic severity of it and the you know the the okay the the people who it is affecting yeah they do tend to be older and they tend to be people with multiple mm-hmm. other um, complicating factors we don't think that their lives are not valuable no but they could be protected in other uh, ways but they could well, be helped here's in other the ways thing. they could yeah they. So, so what have we done? We've taken the people who really are being affected by it, and we've said, oh, we're going to cut you off yeah, from your loved ones you. during what may be your final moments in life. So, I mean, the, in every way, our response to this has been wrongheaded. I'll tell you what. There are... Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, we've, okay. we've handled it wrong, and... Um, I don't know what to say about that. That's all the news for COVID. It's just everybody keeps... Every news story I see is how it's getting worse and worse. And yet, I don't know anyone with COVID. So, whatever. Um, Mexico is investigating claims that six Mexican women were sterilized uh, by immigration centers in America without their consent. I I would really like to look into that. I hope they yeah. really investigate and take that serious because people like uh, Margaret Sanger. That's yeah. what she wanted. People like That's Bill what, Gates. Uh, but Margaret, guys, yeah. The, I mean, Bill Gates is like the the modern Margaret Sanger. Guys, Margaret Sanger. Uh, for all of those who don't know, let's 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 go ahead and and explain the real meaning of the word Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger founded Planned Parenthood, and the the concept was that parenthood would be subject to state planning so that the right kind of people would breed more and the wrong kind of people would breed less. That was Margaret Sanger's vision, and that's Planned Parenthood's founding purpose. She set up... uh... Uh, programs and organizations that would go into third world countries and do this. And Bill Gates is active in that sense right now. Getting, yeah, that's, that's, that's the foundation. This uh, claim from Mexico or these Mexican women isn't ignored. And I hope it's looked into. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's all the information I have right now, but, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, grand jury in Louisville indicts former police officer Brett Hankinson felony charges mm-hmm. of wanted endangerment, uh, not for killing um, Brianna Taylor, but for I, I guess I don't even I don't even quite understand the charges themselves. I I think I kind of think they were just trying to make it look like they were doing something, but the fact is. The cops who shot her are not going to go to jail, um, and okay, You're right? No, no indictment for so yeah. within 15 minutes of announcing this, uh, U-Hauls are spotted dropping off riot equipment 
not riot equipment for the police, but for rioters on on rioters. In parking lots and stuff in Louisville. God, uh, yeah. There are protests. They call them protests. Uh, there are riots. Uh, two Louisville officers were shot. Um, and finally, the city declared a state of emergency, and they brought in the National Guard. And I, I guess they were squelched. I don't know if they came back again the next night or what, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, Louisville's a mess right now. Uh, their governor. I remember what he... The thing is, they should have foreseen yeah. this. Well, they did. And he had, quote, prepared. But he... Personally, I think he should have just gone ahead and shut down the uh, shut down the protests. I, I mean, yeah, he should have been prepared by having like multiple contingents of the National Guard standing by. Yeah, he was uh, he was elected last year or two years ago when he's a Democrat, and I didn't think he really had a chance, except that the guy he was running against was very much disliked. Oh. I think he can lose that place if they come up with a good enough uh, person to run against him. Because he's done a terrible job. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that all happened, and uh, I guess Louisville is turning into another... uh, Well, I guess not. He did call in the National Guard, so at least they protected the citizens and their property. But... Uh, I think things are getting worse and worse in Louisville. So, let me, I, you know, that's one of those stories that I've only, uh, tangentially is the wrong word, but, but kind of not really followed, but just sort of heard whatever I hear. If I understand this correctly, the, the police had a warrant, um, they, the, the warrant was going to be executed at a certain time in the middle yeah. of the night. They arrived. They knocked and announced their presence. Yes. Uh, the, the woman's boyfriend, uh, after the police announced their presence as policemen, fired on them through the door and they fired back through the door, killing her. And and I don't know. Did they kill the boyfriend? I don't too? know if that's how. It, I don't know if they broke in first and then he started firing, or if he fired through the door. Oh, okay. Because I I thought that was one of the key items is whether it was a no announce warrant or not. And they said no, it is not a no announce. That is warrant. correct. And they they announced. did announce, but I don't know who fired and when. Okay. When when the firing I can't imagine actually cops started? Actually, okay. shooting through a door. That doesn't make much sense. Maybe that's okay, why he got so charged. Even if they were fired on from the outside, it had to be okay. Boom, 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 and then break the door in, and, and then and then shoot people got who are sights, firing on you. Fire, cause, yeah, because there might be babies inside or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't just they, fire, they wouldn't through, a fire through, that through a door. That would make sense. Unless he yeah. did, maybe that's so the, why the he got police, indicted. The police would police wouldn't have been that un. Uh, uh, I should irresponsible. Um, do you remember the black hole that we? Photographed. We photographed yes. the event horizon. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. I did not know this. This is not just a black hole. This is a supermassive black hole, which means that means right. it's at the center of a galaxy, right? I don't know if all supermassive black holes. I don't okay. think so. I don't I think they're all. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and I, Google that. Why? What's the. Well, uh, they're stuff? saying that it's wobbling. Yeah. 
Okay, so it, it was a super First ever picture black of a black hole, hole unveiled. The Event galaxy. Horizon Telescope, Planet Scale Array of ba- ground-based radio telescopes, the first image of a supermassive black hole and its shadow, reveals the central black hole of Messier 87, a massive galaxy in the Virgo cluster. Okay, yeah, so it is a galaxy in a galaxy cluster. And the crescent appears to be wobbling. How would it wobble? Generally, wobbling comes from when we see a star go back and forth because of the planets going around it, right? Okay, hold on. MIT review. What if there were two black holes there instead of one? Only black hole we've ever seen has a shadow that wobbles. Okay, so that could be something that's happening in the black hole that we don't quite understand yet. Right. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll have to read about that. So, anyway... That's the news story. We we were able to get a picture of the event of the shadow of the black hole, which is at the center of a galaxy, and now we're saying seeing that the crescent shadow is. Oh, okay. So here's they're saying that this the the bright crescent that that around around the shadow is wobbling and the MIT article I'm reading there's so much turbulent matter surrounding it that it makes sense that it would bug out and get fidgety but the fact that we can actually watch it over time means we have an established method for studying the physics of one of the most extreme kinds of environment yeah. in the entire universe wow. okay so that okay. it's it's not that it's like super surprising that it's wobbling it's super super exciting that it's wobbling on a, a timeline that we can observe. Okay. Well, that is pretty cool. In uh, other space yeah. news, um, they have confirmed the existence of four underground saltwater lakes uh, on Mars. Really? Yeah. Like confirmed or Well, scientists still... in a paper published to Nature Astronomy confirmed the existence of four underground saltwater lakes uh, near Mars North, South Pole. I don't... How, how did they... How did they... Are, are we talking about liquid? Stable reservoir of salty liquid water measuring some 12 miles across lies nearly a mile below the planet's South Pole. Only way I can imagine is, is through some kind of... Uh, We'd have to get something there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about ground-penetrating radar or something like that, but that's only, like, on the surface and what's, stuff. What is the surface? When they say uh, the... Oh, underground lake... Be- found, okay, so NPR says beneath the ice. So there's actual ice on top, like like the moons of... Uh... It has strong evidence. Let's see, this one is from... Oh, this is from two years ago. Evidence of a subsurface lake of liquid water. It's a discovery that adds to the speculation that there could once have been life. Comes from an instrument called Marsus aboard the European State Space Agency's Mars Express spacecraft in orbit around. So they've got a uh, instrument around in orbit around the planet. So there, it does have a special kind of radar called ground penetrating. Okay, so they are actually able to use ground penetrating radar. From an orbit, okay. they don't have to actually be on the ground. Okay, that's how so, they're seeing. But the surface here—is it actually ice on the surface that we're looking at, or is there rock and we're looking under rock to see this lake? 
Um, this article I says there was surface water on Mars. That's that's the thing. When you're talking about the poles on Mars, it's so cold. So-called ice could be non-water ice. It could be other kinds of ice. But I don't know. It, uh, they want to talk about the technology. Okay. Stuff. I didn't um, know if we're looking at like that's Europa. one of the other things is is that astronomers. I, I learned listening to the uh, titanium physics podcasts that words like ice, metal, and and water and gas and stuff that they don't mean the same thing to astronomers that they mean to everybody okay. else in the world. So I, I don't know. I can't well, trust like, it. <laughs> I'm thinking, is this like it is on, on Europa's, this giant moon made pretty much of, of uh, H2O? Like what, frozen no, methane it's or frozen something like water. that? And oh, okay. underneath the frozen water, we've decided that there are vast lakes and they spew out uh, liquid water into the air sometimes. They're, and it's kept... It's kept heated enough to be liquid because of the uh, the, the shifting uh, gravity, you know, and the friction that that causes inside, squeezing the moon, and and all that friction creates enough heat to melt the water. And they have geysers that pop up. So I didn't know if this mm-hmm. was something similar right. okay. or what. Um, what else do we got? Google and YouTube announced that after the polls close on November 3rd, they will stop allowing political ads, even if there is confusion or civil unrest while votes are counted. That's kind of a weird... So what, are they yeah, going to announce why would the... You uh, care? Why? Are they going to announce the, the, the decision or what? I don't are know. Are they going to not let people... I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, okay, I, I I get that the political ads would be pointless. Yeah, who would spend money point, on a political but, ad after the election? But if somebody wants to, why would you reject their money? It's goofy. Unless they're thinking yeah. there are people who are going to try to promote the idea that Trump won, and other people trying to promote the idea that Trump lost. And what they're saying is pretty much uh, the network news is going to control the outcome. By telling us who won or lost, something oh. of that nature. Uh, instead of uh, oh, so so like if yeah, if if you want to, so by political ads, they don't mean political campaign Possibly. ads. They mean they're going to suppress people trying to get information. Yeah, I think out. that's really what that's all about. That could be what they mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, which means they're probably also going to try to to suppress searches and stuff that yeah. people might do. So, after months of rioting in Portland, uh, Governor Kate Brown declares a state of emergency because, quote, white supremacist groups like Proud Boys are uh, traveling from out of state to a- attend uh, a anti- uh, Antifa. Anti-protest yeah. protest? So she's finally going to declare a state of emergency, and <laughs> even what, though even though the the left has been shipping protesters into Portland for all these months, now that the right is is uh, shipping some some witnesses into Portland, she's gonna yeah. Now she's going to shut it down. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. That's terrible. Uh, so Trump had 
issued that executive order banning TikTok uh, from smartphone app stores. Um, right. And a court in the District of Columbia has blocked Donald Trump's executive order. Uh, and because he, they consider it a form of censorship, I, I guess we'll wait and see what happens on that one. I, th- yeah, I think Trump does have some serious... Um, I think it's got legitimate yeah. concerns there. TikTok is a is a product by a Chinese company, and and you know again, I, I I used very strong words about China before, folks. You know, I I know this from working in an industry where there is a lot of um, you know involvement in China. Uh, let me just you know, give you a little bit of a picture of the Chinese government's interest in uh, breaking the cybersecurity of other companies, other countries, and other individuals. If you go and stay in a Chinese hotel, you can be sure that your Wi-Fi will be scanned by the hotel in attempts to break into your devices, whether they be telephones, laptops, or whatever. The staff at the hotel will boot your devices up to see if they can find ways to break in. And if they can, they will follow certain procedures that they have in place to try to make information available to the government. Um, If you sell a product in China that involves security, you will be required as a condition of being allowed to sell the product in China to provide the government with all secret keys that are held in and used by your product. That's why a lot of companies uh, like car manufacturers, they have like like special, you know, secret keys that are in their products to, you know, for their radios and, and other modules in the car. Uh, they'll ha- and, and they'll basically manufacture two sets of all these things. One set has one set of keys that they can give to the Chinese government. They sell those in China. And the other set is used around the world where they don't have to reveal the secret keys. Um, the Chinese government is, is in, involved in league with Chinese businesses in the, the work of industrial espionage against all other countries of the world. So yeah, TikTok is a concern. What amazes me is how uh, quickly Google and Facebook and Apple bend to that government to to get their fingers into that economy. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing to me that none of these companies, these American companies, are really American anymore. I mean. I think we're close to being able to say that some of these companies are enemies of the United States. TikTok is certainly yeah, one of Yeah, I would them. say. Yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of Trump, um, I don't I, I see. I don't even understand why this is a news article. Uh, talking about in the past 15 years, he paid $750 in income tax. I don't think we really know this, first of all. Second of all, no one cares. Yeah, who cares? I mean, you know, I, I, I've heard one theory that that uh, Trump is trying to portray himself as a successful businessman, and he and that he doesn't want his tax returns released because they show that he paid a lot l- lower taxes than than would be 
consistent with that, and he doesn't want people to realize that some a lot of his businesses maybe are failing, and he's not his businesses aren't doing as well as he wants people to believe they are, or something like that. Even so, who cares? I still don't care. He's doing who so cares? much good for us. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. why they keep thinking that this is... How can they be so deranged that they we think that they think we're going to drop him because of his income taxes? I don't... Right. That, yeah, I, it's just nuts. They've got to be really crazy to think that. There's something wrong with them if they think mm-hmm. that this is what's going to separate us. Incredible. Uh, that's all the news I got. Mm-hmm. I wish I had nonsense news, but I don't. I I uh, was completely unprepared. That's all right. I kind of popped you on. Unfortunately, we need to. I don't know. Is there like? <laughs> we just haven't been preparing, and then finally I said, "All right, we got to do it tonight." But no you know what? what? The thing is. Yeah, and but but I even while we were talking, I I jumped on and did my normal searches. It's it's like I can't find Nothing anything that's as interestingly nonsense as the political nonsense yeah, going on today. Crazy. Okay, well uh, we'll end it there then, and I'm not sure what we're doing next week. I have not looked at. You had a list of articles, and I haven't looked at or subject ideas. Oh. I haven't yeah, looked that's, at them yet. Yeah, that, but well, we'll have to pick something. Uh, and hopefully we'll get back together next week and keep this rolling for a while again. Yep. All right, folks. Well, as always. In the meantime. Uh, great. Think yeah. about what we said and circle the beats. Have a good day. Bye.